Oh, uh, you know, with the retreat that's coming up, um, Mina and I, we felt that it would be good for us to uh, preach on the Holy Spirit. Uh, we've been going through the book of Hebrews, and I believe that I'm in the last kind of third of the book, uh, and I will finish that sometime in the next month or so. But we feel like for the next couple of sermons, we want to dedicate um, it to the to the Holy Spirit. We did this last time we had the retreat um, because. Now, at the heart of why we gather uh, for retreats and, 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 and at the heart of everything is that, you know, we, I believe that the transformation that happens in our lives, um, you know, it, it is through the Word of God. It is through discipline. It is through all these things that we do to seek and hunger after God. But the true, like the fruit and the transformation in our lives, it comes through the Holy Spirit, right? And so if we don't have the right understanding, if we don't have uh, the right relationship with the Holy Spirit. Um, a lot of times, like the, the the development that happens in our ha- lives, like the spiritual fruit that we um, bear, a lot of times, like we see people that are like really on fire for God, and then they just kind of fall away. And and when you really examine their lives, um, it is the fact that they really don't have this relationship with the Holy Spirit. And so, uh, soul up in uh, up in Seoul, Pastor Susie, they started a sermon series on the Holy Spirit last Sunday. I encourage you guys to go back and listen to her sermon. I felt like it was one of the best sermons that she preached. It was very, it was very like, such a, like a, like a great sermon. And I was like, wow, this is, this is like, was presenting the Holy Spirit in such a, such a great way. And it was an introductory kind of sermon to the Holy Spirit. I'm very basic, but also just a very, like a lot of, um, like a lot of insight and, and, um, I, I even I, we all learned a lot from the sermon, so I want to encourage you guys to go back. His last week's sermon, um, it's about the, the the Holy Spirit. I believe this week she's preached, or one of the pastors are preaching on the indwelling power of the Holy Spirit, how the Holy Spirit dwells in us and bears fruit, and just kind of you know, as the Holy Spirit is in us, He transforms us. Right. Um, our church has had a very interesting history regarding the Holy Spirit. Uh, we at one point our church was very charismatic, and I don't know if you guys know charismatics and conservative churches and all that, but we were very open to the power of the Holy Spirit, the moving of the Holy Spirit, uh, and um, there was a powerful move of God in our church. I cannot deny that. Mina and I were the first. I think we're the longest. We're the longest remaining New Philly people that's part of New Philly now. I think Mina started in 2006. And I came to New Philly. Back then it was called JSCM 2007. So everybody's kind of like, kind of gone. And, but, um, we have been part of New Philly the longest and we kind of know the history of our church. And our church has gone through this, like, really just, we, we went through a powerful move of the Holy Spirit. Like we, our church, like we, you know, Mina and I, we come from very, um, like broken backgrounds. You know, like I was a drug addict, went to prison, all this crazy stuff, got deported. Mina used to be, uh, just a very, uh, I, I, I use the word floozy, but <laughs> other people would use different words, but she's go clubbing all the time, you know, like hook up with guys and do all this, you know, like not so good things and she'd get drunk and, uh, and, I, and so she, we both come from these backgrounds, but we, like our lives radically changed as we got committed to, uh, our church, but also it was the power of the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit came and, and individually just radically changed our lives. Like I remember, just going on retreats and Holy Spirit, like, just marking me for ministry. And I remember it was this powerful time we had, like, speakers from I Help Come and, 
and uh, you know, I was like crying like crazy, but God clearly spoke to me in my heart. He's like, you're going to go into full-time ministry. And I was like, what are you talking about? You know, like, I don't know anything about ministry, right? Like, you know, I, I'm a, I'm, you know, like, like, I don't, I don't, at the time, I didn't even have a, like a, like an undergrad degree. And he's like, you're going to do it, right? You're going to go into ministry. And, and I've been in ministry and, and God has been shaping my life. You know, like I'm, I'm in the middle of seminary now and, and, and throughout the years, I've just seen the power of the Holy Spirit and the transformation that's come over our family and Mina's life and my life. And so we've had, our church had this powerful move of the Holy Spirit and we were just part of it in the beginning where our lives were tangibly radically changed. Like for us, there's no going back, right? Like, like you can see the fruit um, of, of just t- the t- type of change that's happened in our lives. But our church also had a very limited understanding of the Holy Spirit. And in a sense, our church kind of used the Holy Spirit. Like, it was this thing where it, unless the Holy Spirit, like, came at a retreat and people were, like, manifesting in a certain way, we just felt like the Holy Spirit was not there. Um, and a lot of times, um, it was almost like we were using the Holy Spirit or, like, you know, kind of just felt like it was like he, he was like a, a tool that we can use to get people to change. Um, and our and because our church defined the presence and the leading of the Holy Spirit in such a limited terms, our church actually kind of went off the the off course. And you know, our church, we've had our ups and downs. We went through a very um, difficult season about three four years ago. We had change of leadership, and um, and since then we've been kind of very like pulled back about the Holy Spirit and me as a pastor as well. But I still believe in the power and the gifts and the workings and the of the Holy Spirit. I believe that without the Holy Spirit, we don't have church. And so th- we thought that it was important for us to not just learn more about the Holy Spirit, but to grow in our hunger for a greater relationship with the Holy Spirit. And we're hoping that this retreat that's coming up next month um, will be an opportunity for uh, for us to really experience and encounter Him in a tangible way. Uh, so if you have your Bibles, I want you guys to turn to Acts chapter 1. This is probably the most... Um, introductory, uh, probably the most uh, intense um, like uh, instruction that Jesus gives us about the Holy Spirit. It comes from Acts 1. Uh, and, and, you know, Jesus has, he was crucified, he died, he rose again, and he was hanging out with his disciples for quite a long time. You know, some people say like 40 days, some people say 50 days. You know, like he's saying, he showed himself to like a lot of people, right? And Paul talks about it that at one point, hundreds of people encountered the risen Savior, uh, and then he gives his disciples this last-minute instruction about the Holy Spirit. And in in, in Acts one, chapter one, uh, verse one through five, it says, "In the first book, O Theophilus, Theophilus is uh, Luke's uh, friend that he's writing um, these this to. Luke writes this in the." The Gospel of Luke is a letter to Theophilus, and the book of Acts is also a letter to Theophilus by Luke. And he says, I have dealt with all that Jesus began to do and teach until in the first book, um, until the day when he was taken up, after he had given commands through the Holy Spirit to the apostles whom he had chosen, he presented himself alive to them after his suffering by many proofs, appearing to them during 40 days and speaking about the kingdom of God. And while staying with them, he ordered them not to depart from Jerusalem, but to wait for the promise of the Father, which he said, You heard from me, for John baptized with water, 
but you will be baptized with the Holy Spirit not many days from now. Uh, I believe that one of the most important books that you can we can read and that we can study about the Holy Spirit is the book of Acts. Um, the book of Acts is all about the Holy Spirit. A lot of people call the book of Acts the Acts of the Holy Spirit, right? Um, although it, people say it's like the, the Acts of the Apostles, but it was the Apostles moving through the power of the Holy Spirit. And the Holy Spirit plays such a pivotal and important role in the Acts of the Apostles, how they raise up the church, how they you know, do ministry, how they build the house of God. Um, so much of it comes down to the, the, the power of the Holy Spirit. Well, when you read the book of Acts, we, we see just how much the apostles and the believers looked to and depended on the Holy Spirit, was led by and interacted with the Holy Spirit. And we see the instructions of Christ for the uh, in, in in this passage that we just read, he, they're like, wait, don't do anything, don't go anywhere, all right? Just just wait, all right? Because I know that you guys, you know, you guys are gonna see me, you know, float off into space, and you know, you guys are gonna want to go and do things. But he says, don't do anything, hold tight, um, stay together, and wait for the promise of the Father, the Holy Spirit. And as they wait in the upper room in the Book of Acts, we learn that 120 of them are in the upper room. Um, they're praying, they're crying out to God, and there's this hunger that's there, right? And one of the things that's tied in with the Holy Spirit is hunger. We have to hunger. We have to desire the Holy Spirit, right? One of the things is that Holy Spirit is a gentleman, right? He's not bossy like me. He's not like, he's not overbearing, you know? Holy Spirit is a gentleman, and so he's not gonna just like, you know, like force himself upon you guys. And there are times that, that he works in that way, but a lot of times he just kind of waits for you to really have a hunger and a desire for his presence. And when he, when there's a hunger there for his presence, he always shows up, right? And so these 120 of the disciples and the followers of Jesus are in the upper room, they're crying out, they're praying, and all of a sudden the Holy Spirit comes like tongues of fire upon the disciples and the apostles, and they're just like, you know, it's just the baptism of the Holy Spirit. And soon after that, we see truly radical changes come upon these apostles. Um, the apostles are they're speaking in languages that people from other countries and tongues were able to hear and understand. Like Peter, he didn't know how to speak, you know, all these different languages, but they were all speaking and they were able to understand. And Peter goes from this, this like, Peter was this guy that would always mess up, right? Like, if I can compare myself to any disciple in the Bible, I would con- compare myself to Peter. Because Peter's always messing up, right? He's always sticking his foot in his mouth, he'll say something to Jesus, and then he gets rebuked, you know, like, you know, like Peter's like, oh, like, you, like you, you, you know, like, like, you will not die, Jesus, you will not go to the cross, and then Peter calls, or Jesus calls him Satan, it's like, get behind me, Satan, right, because I'm here to do what God has called me to do, and you're getting in my way, you're, do, you're basically, like, acting like Satan, right, so Peter goes from this, like, bumbling, kind of, always messing up kind of guy, and he goes, and he becomes the foundation of the church. He be, not the foundation of the church, because Jesus is the foundation of the church. But he becomes the man, the, the human being in which God builds the church. Right? He goes and he speaks this sermon in, in Acts, and 3,000 people are added to their numbers in a single day. Right? This is, I, can't, I can't imagine like me preaching a sermon, and then like 3,000 people like join our church. Right? That's 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 not because Peter was so eloquent. It's not because Peter was you know like all of a sudden became this like you know great speaker. 
is because of the power of the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit came upon him and he was able to preach and, and, and be in a way that with the empowerment of the Holy Spirit was able to do mighty things through Peter. Paul, you know, in the, in the earlier in, in the book of Acts, he's known as Saul. He hated Christians, right? He's like the, the, if there was a contest for the best persecutor of Christians, it would have been Paul, Saul, right? Saul, like he hated Christians. He's like, man, I persecuted them more than anybody. Right? And he was there when Stephen was stoned and he, he, he like allowed it to happen. And so Saul is not, he's not happy with the amount of Christians that he's persecuted in, in Jerusalem. He goes on this road to Damascus because he's like, I heard there's Christians in Damascus. I'm going to go in and I'm going to persecute them some more. And he's like on this trip to Damascus and then Jesus shows up, you know, light, bam, he goes blind, right? And he's just like, oh, what's going on? And he encounters Jesus. Right, and then he goes and he's, he's like, he's, you know, he's, he's kind of depressed. He's like, he doesn't know what's going on. He's blind. And then God sends Ananias to him, which is just, uh, somebody that, um, God sends and he's, and Ananias goes to Saul and he says, Brother Saul, the Lord Jesus who appeared to you on the road by which you came has sent me so that you may regain your sight and be filled with the Holy Spirit. And immediately something like scales fell from his eyes and he regained his sight. Then he rose and was baptized, and taking food, he was strengthened. For some days, he was with the disciples at Damascus, and immediately he proclaimed Jesus in the synagogue, saying, He is the Son of God, right? That kind of transformation, right? It didn't, it didn't happen because, like, one, he just, like, logically decided, like, you know what? All of my education, because Paul is very educated, right? He's a Pharisee. He's probably, he said he was, he studied under Gamaliel, was, he was like the Harvard of Pharisees, right? Um, if there ever was a like like Harvard or Yale level rabbi in in the, in in biblical times, it was Gamaliel, and then Paul studied under them. He went, basically went to Harvard, right? And he's like this really smart guy, and it wasn't him trying to just like logically decide, you know what? Logically, I'm gonna think and try to you know and come to this conclusion that Jesus is no. The power of the Holy Spirit, he struck him, right? It's just the power came upon him, and he was baptized, and then now he's like, dude, Jesus is Lord. And he's going out proclaiming it. That kind of change can only come by the power of the Holy Spirit. And we know that Saul would soon go on and, you know, and he'll go by the name Paul and do amazing things for Jesus, right? Establishing churches. He planted more churches than anybody. You know, preaching to the laws. He goes off and gets persecuted. They beat him up. They think that he's dead. They leave him. And then he gets up and he keeps preaching more, you know, like, he is, he's just, that kind of transformation, that kind of life can only be led through the leading and the empowerment of the Holy Spirit. Right? And all through the book of Acts, we just see how much the disciples interacted with the Holy Spirit. This is not everything, but this is just a few. All throughout Acts, Acts 5.32, and we are witnesses to these things, and so is the Holy Spirit whom God has given to those who obey Him. Verse Acts 11.12, And the Spirit told them to go with them, making no distinction. Acts 11.28, And one of them named Agabus stood up and foretold by the Spirit that there would be a great famine over the world. Um, this took place in the days of Claudius. Acts 13.4, So being sent out by the Holy Spirit, they went down to Seleucia, and from there they sailed to Cyprus. Acts 15.28, For it has se- seemed good to the Holy Spirit and to us to lay on you no greater burden than these requirements. Acts 16.6 And they went through the region of Phrygia and Galatia, having been forbidden by the Holy Spirit to speak the word in Asia. Acts 16.7 
And when they had come up to Mycenae, they attempted to go into Bithynia, by the Spirit of Jesus did not allow them. Acts 18.5 When Silas and Timothy had gone from Macedonia, Paul was compelled by the Spirit and testified to the Jews that Jesus is the Christ. That's just like, like this is just half of what I have written here. But all throughout the book of Acts, there's so many instances where the apostles and the disciples... Paul and Peter are being led by the Spirit of God. They're doing what the Holy Spirit tells them to do and leads them to do. And I just want you guys to see just how important the Holy Spirit was to the apostles. How vital He was in their ministry, in the way that they lived their lives, in the way that they thought, and in the way that they perceived the world. How exactly and how important was the Holy Spirit to the early church. They're constantly looking to Him. They're constantly being led by Him and guided by Him, being empowered by Him. Now, some of you guys might come from churches where the Holy Spirit was not mentioned much, right? Pastor Susie talks about this in the sermon from last week, but, you know, like, you guys may come from a, a, a church that comes from maybe a cessationist background. They didn't talk about the Holy Spirit, right? They just talked about the Father, talked about Jesus. Holy Spirit was just kind of like the you know, like the one that's in the sidecar, you know, just kind of you know hanging out, and 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 it's kind of like the the ticket to heaven that everybody gets. Um, but the Holy Spirit is so much more than that. The Holy Spirit, and we're going to talk about the Holy Spirit today, but we're going to realize how important He is for our Christian faith. But here's the truth, and it has to be stated that there is no Christian life without the Holy Spirit, right? We wouldn't know and understand God's Word without the Holy Spirit. Holy Spirit leads us into all truth. He leads us in the Word of God. There would be no revelation. There would be no Bible without the Holy Spirit. Right? Luke wrote the book of Acts being led by the Holy Spirit. Right? There would be no revelation. There would be no Scripture. Scripture, as a matter of fact, would be lethal and would be deadly. would be the law without the Holy Spirit. 2 Corinthians 3.6 The letter kills... But the Spirit gives life, right? There would be no love without Him. No love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, gentleness, faithfulness, self-control. There would be none of that because those are fruits of the Spirit, right? We would have an understanding of human love, right, that, that is found in the world, right? That would exist, but we would not know the love of God, right? But the Holy Spirit, Christianity becomes dry, monotonous, mundane. Without Him, church becomes a social club. A religious institution, right? And some, and we've been to churches like that, where there just is no, like, any kind of, like, inkling of, like, 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 respect or any honoring of the Holy Spirit, and Holy Spirit just like, okay, I'm just gonna not, I'm, I'm here, because Holy Spirit is everywhere, but he's like, I'm just not gonna, like, talk in this space. It's like, you know, like, Holy Spirit is like a melancholy, right? And if no one's like talking to him, he's not gonna be like, ah, talk with me. That'd be, that's me, right? I'd be like, talk to me! Look at me! Like, I wanna be the center of attention. Holy Spirit's not like that. He's a gentleman. And like, he, unless he's desired, unless he's wanted, unless there's a hunger for him, he just kind of stays in the cut. And he just kind of observes. There would be no religious, there would be no Christian faith and Christian life. Without the Holy Spirit. Without the Holy Spirit, there is no freedom. Second Corinthians 3.17 Now the Lord is a Spirit, and where the Spirit of the Lord is, there is freedom. 
The Holy Spirit is vital in the life of a follower of Jesus Christ. Jesus says it in John 15:26, but when the helper comes, whom I will send to you from the Father, the Spirit of truth who proceeds from the Father, he will bear witness about me. He testifies and reveals to us the person of Jesus Christ. We know Jesus because of the Holy Spirit, right? He's saying like, he will, Holy Spirit, when he comes, he will testify about me. So everything that you guys, who's actually met Jesus here? Anybody has met him? Like physically met him? Right? None of us, right? Unless like, you know, we know how to time travel or, you know, like do some kind of like, you know, interstellar kind of thing. But none of us have met Jesus like face to face. And yet we know him how? Because the Holy Spirit, he testifies about who Jesus is. And so it's important that we not only know about the Holy Spirit or the works of the Holy Spirit, but we know him, that we know him. Like I know Mina and like Mina knows me, like I know my kids, right? We, have, we need to have a relationship with him intimately. One of the mistakes that many Christians make is that they want to know the works of the Holy Spirit. They want to know the power of the Holy Spirit without knowing Him intimately. And I believe this is something that happened to our church right? in, in, in years past. We look for the power, the signs, the wonder of the Spirit without truly understanding what it was to know Him and to be in a relationship personally with this Holy Spirit who is God Himself. So I want to ask you the question today, how... Who is the Holy Spirit to you? Who is He? And I want to ask you, do you really know Him? And as we, as we go on this kind of journey of, my, my, my title of my sermon is Meet the Holy Spirit, right? Right? Meet Him. I, I, and I just, I know you, a lot of you guys have a relationship with Him and this might all be, you know, revealed for you, but, you know, I'm introducing to you this person who is the Holy Spirit. And my first point is that the Holy Spirit is a person. Right? A lot of people out there see the Holy Spirit as this supernatural entity. He's like a feeling. He's an influence, right? He's like, he's like vapor. <laughs> like that floats around, right? And covers the earth and he's just kind of, you know, he's like this, you know, like thing that, but, but he's so much more than that, right? They see him as, as more of an it than a he. A commodity that they can possess in their lives and they say things like, you know, I want more of the Holy Spirit. It's not bad to say that. Right. But when I'm the whole sure I understand. Sorry. <laughs> it's alright. She does that once in a while. Like in the middle of the day she'll just speak to me. I was like, it's a ghost. It's terrifying sometimes. Um But but the Holy Spirit is a person. And when you put your faith in Jesus Christ, you have the whole Holy Spirit in you. Is the same Holy Spirit that was with Jesus, that was with Peter and Paul and the apostles, is in you. You don't have like a piece of the Holy Spirit. You don't have a part of the Holy Spirit. You don't have a junior like version of the Holy Spirit, right? Like Holy Spirit light or, you know, you have the whole full, you have God in you. You have Him, the person who is the Holy Spirit. So it's not like you can have more or less of Him. You have Him. If you're a follower of Jesus Christ. And we have to see him as a person who is infinitely holy, infinitely wise and powerful. At the same time that's so tender and sensitive and compassionate. He is the Spirit of God. He has the same characters 
of God the Father and Jesus. The same authority and the same power. He is one that is worthy of our faith, adoration, love, devotion, our complete surrender. And when we understand Him to be this infinite in majesty and glory and we kind of like see Him for who He truly is in wisdom and power, that He agreed as a person who is God to come upon us humans and dwell with us. Right? That He is God in us. And when we really realize that we have God in us, it, it sets us on the right atmosphere for us to be transformed by Him. Now people that see the Holy Spirit as an influence or this divine entity or like a commodity, you know, they'll say like, I want more of the Holy Spirit. But the reality is, if we truly understand Holy Spirit for who He is, we have to say, how much more of myself can I give to the Holy Spirit? How much more of my life can I surrender to His leading and His influence in my life? Because He's God and you are you. Right? How is this relationship supposed to go? Are we supposed to use God as this like remote control to like get things to change in our lives? Or are we supposed to give ourselves to Him and say, you know what? God, I surrender myself to you. I want you to have your way inside of me. And as we give the Holy Spirit more like access to our hearts and our minds and our thinking and our thought process and the way that we live and the way that we, we feel and the way that we act, Right? We are transformed by Him. He's a person. And the Bible says that the Holy Spirit has a mind, that He thinks, He has a will, He has emotions, He can be grieved. You know that you guys can grieve the Holy Spirit. I remember, I, I know when I've grieved Him. You know, like, I'll be having a great day, me and my family are doing whatever, and then like, I'll just like one day, I'm more, I'll get into a, like argument with Mina and I'll be like, rah, 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 rah. and then I feel like Holy Spirit is like, oh, I'm grieved by that, Caleb. And I'll be like, oh, I'm so sorry. Right? And like, like, I'm always like, He brings conviction. You know, one of the work jobs or one of the roles of the Holy Spirit is to bring conviction into your heart. And the moment, you know, you've, who's ever been convicted by the Holy Spirit, right? You know, those moments where you're going through your day and you're just like, ah, oh, like, oh, I shouldn't have done that. You know who that is? That's the Holy Spirit in you saying, Caleb, you should not have done that. Caleb, you grieved me when you, when you looked at that. Or Caleb, you grieved me when you said that to your wife. Or Caleb, you grieved me when you, you know, when you, you treated your kids like that. I'm not that bad, but you know, like, I have, I make mistakes, right? <laughs> you think like, you did. <laughs> but like, the Holy Spirit leads me and he, he convicts my heart, right? That's his role. But the, the, it's, it's this relationship where it's not like, I want more of you. It's like, how much more of myself can I give to you? How much more of my heart can I surrender to you? Because Holy Spirit, He's a person, right? He's not this entity that you can kind of collect inside of you. He's a person that you surrender to. He's like, you are my Lord. My second point is that the Holy Spirit is God. He's the third person of the Godhead in Genesis it says, let us make man in our own image. That our is Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. They've always been in relationship. That's why relationship was one thing that God never had to create. God didn't say, you know what? I want to come up with this idea of a relationship. No. It was always relationship. And God is all about relationship. 
Because he, he is relationship, right? One of the found, foundational doctrines of our faith is the Trinity. God, three in one, Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit. God always was this way. And He will always be this way. That we're always three in one, in a relationship. Acts 10.38 gives us a view of this relationship. How God the Father, how Jesus and the Holy Spirit kind of work together. He says, how God anointed Jesus of Nazareth with the Holy Spirit and with power. He went about doing good and healing all who were oppressed by the devil for God was with him. Right? So Father God anoints Jesus with the Holy Spirit and Jesus is able to do what he is called to do upon this earth. Three distinct persons in one. It's like water in the form of three, right? You know, steam, liquid, and ice. In the same way, God is like, you know, like God, there's a God the Father, there's a God the Son, God the Holy. They're all God, right? We encounter one, we encounter all. God the Father, Jesus the Son, and the Holy Spirit are all God, but, but they're in their own different entities. He is God. He's actually the first member of the Godhead that appears in the Bible. Genesis 1-2 The earth was without form and void and darkness was over the face of the deep and the Spirit of God was hovering over the face of the waters. Right? And if we want to see God correctly, we have to see the Holy Spirit correctly as God. And we're, and we're going to miss what... If we don't see the Holy Spirit as God and give Him that authority, we're going to miss what God wants to do with us. We're going to miss what God, His plans for us, because He communicates that through the Spirit of God in us. If we don't look to the Holy Spirit as God and Lord, right, we're not, we're not going to be able to hear from Him. He, He's not just an influence in our lives. He's, He's God in us, right? He's not a feeling or an emotion that we feel. He's not our personal fortune cookie, right? Like, like, you know, we don't just like bust him out and say, you know, I need a solution, Holy Spirit, you know, like do your, do your job, right? He's, he's God. He's God that dwells in us. And as God, this is the one thing, and, and I'm going to preach on this probably next week or the week after. The most important thing that we can give to the Holy Spirit is our obedience, our surrender, because He's God. I want to ask you, do you, do you give the Holy Spirit the honor and the obedience that He deserves? He's not just influence that we're supposed to use. He's God Himself. And that leads me to my third point. The Holy Spirit is God here on earth. And when I was a kid in vacation Bible school, who used to go to VBS when you were a kid? I used to go to VBS. They would ask me, well, do you want to accept Jesus into your heart? And people say this to teach kids that when you accept Him, you know, Jesus is always with you. This is a good understanding. But the person of Jesus is not here in my heart, right? You have to really understand this, right? That's just a metaphorical way of thinking of Jesus. But but Jesus, right now, He's seated at the right hand of the Father. He's, he's in heaven. When Stephen was martyred, He looks up and sees heaven. And He says, Behold, I see the heavens open and the Son of Man standing at the right hand of God, right? So Jesus, right, he ascended to heaven, he's seated at the right hand of God, right, and some of us, we might say, oh, Jesus is in my heart. Well, if you truly believe that Jesus came in the flesh, right, and that, that, that he lives among, that he lived among us at one point and that he went to heaven, that kind of is, is not very possible, right? 
One of the great heresies of the early church came from what are known as the Gnostics, right? The Gnostics believed that Jesus was a spirit. They believed that all flesh was evil. And hence, if Jesus came, he must have been the spirit, right? And so, Jesus was like this ghost, right? He wasn't a full man. He was ghost. Uh, and, 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 and he really wasn't man because man is, you know, flesh is, you know, evil. And so this is one of the early heresies that was introduced into the Christian, uh, Christian faith. But, but we, we, we know from 1 John 4, it says, By this you know the Spirit of God, every spirit that confesses that Jesus Christ has come in the flesh is of God. And every spirit that does not confess that Jesus Christ has come in the flesh is not of God. And this is the spirit of the Antichrist, which you have heard was coming and is already in the world. We're just talking about this in my New Testament classes. In, in, in the book, it talks about how Jesus, after Jesus ascended to heaven, his humanity was questioned before his deity. Right? People were more concerned about like, oh, I don't think Jesus was, was really a man, right? He couldn't have done those things. He couldn't have risen from the dead if he really was man. And so he must have been a spirit. But if we believe that He came as man, and we need to believe that Jesus was fully man, fully God, right? That's it's one of the, the the foundations of our faith. It's illogical for us to believe that Jesus is in our hearts. If we really believe that He came in the flesh, right? Right now He's seated at seated at the right hand of the Father. Well, who is in us? Right? Who is in us? And it's the Holy Spirit. Holy Spirit is the one that is among us, that's in our midst. He is with us. As we put our faith in Jesus Christ as Lord, He is the one that comes and dwells in us. For, uh, John 14, 15-18 If you love me, you will keep my commands, commandments, and I will ask the Father, and He will give you another Helper to be with you forever, even the Spirit of Truth, whom the world cannot receive, because it neither sees Him or knows Him. You know him, for he dwells with you and will be with you, will be in you. I will not leave you as orphans. I will come to you. Right? Jesus says that he will give us another helper. Right? What does he mean there? Right? In the in the Greek language, there are two words for another. Right? In English, there's only one. In Korean, there's only one. Greeks, they have two. Right? There's there's two words to de- describe another. There's heteros and alos. Heteros means another of a different kind. Alos means another of the same kind. If I give you a peach, right, or if I give you, say I give Melvin um, a persimmon, right? Do you like persimmon? I don't, right? So I'm like, I don't like this. I'm going to give this to you. And then he eats it. He's like, oh, that's very good. And then I give him another fruit, but it's a banana, right? That's heteros. I gave him another of a different kind, right? But if I give... Melvin, a persimmon, and then he's like, oh, that was good, I want another one. And I give him another persimmon, that's another of the same kind, right? That's alos. But, you know, what the what Jesus talks about is that he's going to give another helper, and the word that he uses is alos, it's another of the same kind. Some people talk about if Jesus were here, I'd ask him all these questions. He is, he is in you through the Spirit of God. Jesus, he said, but very truly I tell you, if it is, it is for your good that I am going away, unless I go away, the advocate will not come to you, but if I go, I will send him to you. 
And the Holy Spirit is here. Is He's another of the same kind as Jesus that dwells in us. The same kind, same substance, same character, same God Himself. But He dwells in us as His Spirit. When Holy Spirit counsels us, Jesus counsels us. When Holy Spirit leads us, Jesus leads us. We're being led by Jesus. He is another helper of the same kind. He is God here with us. And the, and the word helper, right, when we look at it in the Greek, it's called parakletos. It's like the word is very close. Para means like very close. Like how Paul describes uh, Tim, uh, Timothy is like somebody that's very close to me. And then the second word is kletos, which which means like a, a calling, a pers- like a a permanent calling, right? When Jesus calls him, sends him, and gives him their calling, is the word that he uses is kletos. And so, if you put those words together, Holy Spirit is considered our advocate or our helper. It's called parakletos. He's someone that is very called permanently to be really close to us, to be by our side. Permanently, because God tells us that He will never leave us, will never forget, forsake us. He is God that is here on earth, and He is always with us. He's always for us. He's always, He's, he's like, you know, He's like our cheerleader that is in us, saying, Caleb, you can do this. Caleb, I'm going to point you to Jesus. Caleb, I want you to look at Jesus. I want you to see Jesus. Caleb, you can... Like, like, I'm here to help you. I will always be here. I will never leave you. I will never forsake you. He is God in us. That's upon this earth. He dwells in us. And, and a lot of times, that's the indwelling ministry of the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit is in you. You change. You believe that the Holy Spirit is in you. Right? Raise your hand if you believe that the Holy Spirit is in you. Seriously, raise your hand. If you truly believe that the Holy Spirit is in you, I guarantee you, you will change. But you have to, you have to, you have to understand that you, you need a relationship with Him. You need to acknowledge Him. You have to, right? You have to acknowledge the Spirit that is in you. A lot of times we don't. A lot of times we just kind of treat Him as our ticket to heaven, right? I have the Holy Spirit in my heart. I get to go to heaven and I'm going to put Him in my back pocket like I do my iPhone and I'm going to go about my day. That's a lot of, a lot of Christians live, believe that that's, that's their understanding of the Holy Spirit, right? I get to have a ticket to heaven. Uh, He's in me. I'm going to put him away. I'm just going to go about doing my life. But you know what? He's God that is in you. You have to acknowledge that He is there. And you have to have a relationship with you. I want to end here today with this last point. And it's that Jesus needed the Holy Spirit. Jesus, God Himself, needed the Holy Spirit. He depended on the Holy Spirit. He was conceived by the Holy Spirit, right? You guys, the Apostles' Creed, you know, we tell he was conceived by the Holy Spirit. He was taught by the Holy Spirit. He was empowered by the Holy Spirit. Jesus didn't do one miracle until he was baptized by the Holy Spirit. Jesus was led by the Spirit of God. John 14.10 Do you not believe that I am in the Father, and the Father is in me? The words that I say to you, I do not speak on my own authority, but the Father who dwells in me does His work. Who is the Father that dwells in Him? Is the Spirit of His Father, is the Holy Spirit. Jesus was completely dependent on the Holy Spirit. And if Jesus looked to the Spirit to do what He did, how are we not going to recognize the Holy Spirit's presence in our lives? How are we going to say we're going to be good Christian without acknowledging the presence of the Holy Spirit in our lives? Holy Spirit is God in us. 
and we have to see him, depend on him, and be led by him. We have to be empowered by him. He's called the Holy Spirit 96 times in the Bible. Spirit of the Lord 28 times. Spirit of God 26 times. He's called the Eternal Spirit. He's called the Helper, the Comforter. He's called Lord, the Holy One. He's called the Spirit of Truth, Spirit of Jesus Christ, Spirit of Counsel, the Spirit of your Father, the Spirit of Fear of the Lord, the Spirit of Glory, the Spirit of Grace, the Spirit of Judgment, the Spirit of Burning, the Spirit of Knowledge, the Spirit of Life, the Spirit of Love, the Spirit of Might, the Spirit of Power, the Spirit of Prophecy, the Spirit of Revelation, the Spirit of the, the, of Sound Mind, the Spirit of Understanding, the Spirit of Wisdom, the Spirit of Holiness, and the Spirit of the Holy God. Right? This, that is Him. He's God. And He is in you to manifest the will of the Father in your life and the Word of God, which is Jesus Christ, and to bring you into the fullness of the life that God has for you. That he, that's his, his, he's in you to change you. And you have to acknowledge that He is there. We have to see Him for who He is. And we have to learn to give ourselves to Him. Allow more of us to be led by Him, to obey Him. Acts 5.32 And we are witnesses to these things, and so is the Holy Spirit, whom God has given to those who obey Him. Brothers and sisters, I want, what I want is for us, our church, to surrender to the leading and the power of the Holy Spirit. I want, not just as a church, but for our individual lives, for us to live lives that recognizes the presence of the Holy Spirit in our lives, being filled with the Spirit of God. So many times in the Bible it says, be filled with the Spirit of God. He was filled with the Spirit of God. You know what that is? He's saying, he, he surrendered to the Spirit of God. Being filled with the Spirit of God isn't like, like, you know, like taking a little bit of Spirit, Holy Spirit, putting it in your pocket. No, he's saying, you know what? I need you, Holy Spirit. I'm going to surrender my life to you and to your leading. And I'm, as I'm filled with the Spirit of God, I'm going to go, I'm going to do what you called me to do. Surrendering control of our lives to His power so that He can be at work within us. Romans 8, 11. If the Spirit of Him who raised Jesus from the dead dwells in you, He who raised Jesus Christ from the dead will also give life to your mortal bodies through His Spirit who dwells in you. Uh, if, you if I can have Tiffany, Tiffany, can you come up and play the keys for us? Now, I want us to have a time to kind of respond to this. And I don't know if you guys have ever like had this kind of understanding of the Holy Spirit. You know, a lot of churches, people that has been have been coming to our church for a while you guys kind of have this understanding if you you guys may come from a different background but i want to i want to encounter i want to let's all close our eyes and i want to challenge you with i want to challenge you with one thought right right do you believe that holy spirit is truly god himself no matter what kind of background that you may come from, no matter what kind of, like, you know, biblical teachings that you may have had in the past, no matter what kind of church that you come from, from when you were young, I want to ask you, do you believe that the Holy Spirit is God Himself? And if you truly believe that, do you believe 
that you are to surrender your life and your will and your ways and your heart to the Holy Spirit. Or you're like, oh, I, I surrender my life to the Father. I surrender my life to Jesus. But maybe not to the Holy Spirit, no. He is God. He is worthy of worship and praise. And, and he, he is in you. He is God's representative in your heart. And I want to ask you today, have you surrendered your heart to the Holy Spirit? Some of you guys might be thinking, oh, that's just semantics. It's Holy Spirit, God. I surrender my life to God. But you know what? He is, is God three in one. There's distinct in who they are. They are one, but they are distinct in their ministry and they're distinct in who they are. And, and one of the things that we have to recognize his presence in our lives. We have to recognize that he is talking to you. You have to recognize that he is leading you. You have to recognize that he is guiding you. That he is, he is transforming you. So right now, I want to give you guys an opportunity to just pray to yourself right now. I want you guys to talk to the Holy Spirit. Some of you guys may have never done this in your life. Because you may come from a church that just didn't talk so much about the Holy Spirit. Taught you that He was a ticket to heaven. If you accept Him into your heart, you get to go to heaven. And that's about it. But I want you to, I want you to have a conversation with Him. Just to yourself, in your mind, in your heart. Because He could hear you. He's, he's, he's Holy Spirit. He's God. You can hear your thoughts. You can hear, you can hear your, and the impressions that you have in your hearts. I want you guys to have a, a conversation with him and I want you to, I want you to surrender yourself to him. And this might seem a little scary, but if, if there's anything that is holding you back from being in, in a relationship with the Holy Spirit, Whatever it is, I want you guys to talk with Him and spend time just saying, Holy Spirit, I, I surrender this part of my life to You. Holy Spirit, I surrender this this thinking pattern to You. Holy Spirit, I, I surrender my whole life. I surrender my everything. You are my Lord. I want to give you guys a time to have that conversation with Him. And before I close, you know, next week I, I'm 
going to preach on something more practical. And a lot of times we don't know, like, well, how do I develop a relationship with the Holy Spirit? What do I do? You know, like, how do I get to know more of the Holy Spirit? And I'm just going to tell you my sermon is it's through the Word of God, through prayer, through worship. Right? And then there's a fourth thing is His still small voice. Right? God, Holy Spirit reveals Himself to you through the Word of God. He reveals Himself to you through prayer and intercession. He reveals Himself to you through worship, when you worship Him, and then He reveals Himself to you through His still small voice, and through dreams and other things, and you know we'll, we'll, we'll get to that. But this throughout this week, I want to give you a challenge, and it's this: I want you guys to listen for the voice of the Holy Spirit in your everyday lives, right? And 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 all you have to do is just surrender to Him and say, Holy Spirit, I want to hear you. I want to hear you. I want to hear your leading, right? I want to be conscious of you, right? And as you are, as you have this understanding of wanting to be more conscious and wanting to acknowledge the Holy Spirit, He's going to start to speak to you throughout your day. Right? He's going to come and He's going to just nudge you in certain ways. He's going to say, Hey, how about this? Hey, why don't, why don't you do this? Hey, why don't you not react in this way? And I want to I, I, I want to encourage you guys, right? as you guys have experienced more of the Holy Spirit, go to the Word, go to Him in prayer, and worship. This, this is how you develop a relationship with Him. I'll talk about that more next week. But I want to give you that challenge today, throughout this week. Like, be attentive. Try to hear His voice. Try to hear how He's talking to you. You know. And, and the more in tune we are with Him, man, we're going to hear Him when we read His Word. We're going to hear Him when we pray. We're going to hear Him when we worship. When we like are singing here on Sunday, and, and we are, you guys are worshiping, all of a sudden the Holy Spirit comes alive in your heart, and He takes your worship to a whole nother level. Right? But you have to be in tune with Him. You have to constantly be trying to hear Him, and trying to acknowledge Him, and trying to know that He is there. I want to give you that challenge. Father God, we just, we pray. Holy Spirit, we just declare that you are in us and we want you to have your way in us. Holy Spirit, we want to surrender our hearts to you. We want to surrender our lives to you. We want to surrender our hearts to your leading. May we seek to hear your voice. May we seek to be led by your Spirit. May we seek to listen to you. May we seek to not just listen, but to obey you, God. And and in our obedience, may we find our destiny. May we find our callings. May we find just that life that you have for us. We thank you for the gift, Father, of the Holy Spirit. We thank you, Jesus, that that you, you sent us the Helper. And we thank you, Holy Spirit, that you are in us. You are with us. You say you will never leave us. You will never forsake us. And and Lord, we want to be on this journey with you, Holy Spirit. As Moses said, if you don't go with me, don't send me. Lord, Holy Spirit, if you will not go with us, we don't want to go. 
But we know that if you are with us and if you are leading us and if you are guiding us, there's nothing that we can't do and there's nowhere that we can't go. We just thank you. We bless you. May the Lord God of hope fill you with all joy and peace as you trust in him so that you may overflow with the hope by the power of the Holy Spirit. All God's people said, Amen. Amen.